Welcome to the Black Cast, continuing our week of music-related episodes. Today, we've got two, count them, two great musician interviews. First up will be Kelly Kiki of Night Ranger. They have a wonderful new album called ATBPO, and that stands for And the Band Played On. Then we'll have a return visit from Damon Johnson, who, along with his band Damon Johnson and the Get Ready, have a great song out there called Talk Yourself Into Anything. But first, joining me now is Kelly Keegy of Night Ranger. They have a new album of ATBPO, which stands for And the Band Played On. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. I really hey, appreciate thanks it. For, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So Night Ranger is one of those bands that, uh, you know, anybody who casually follows rock these days knows that you guys are always out there on the road playing a lot of shows every year, uh, you know, even 35 years in. How did you and the rest of the guys handle this pandemic where you were not able to go out and play shows? Well, um, we we uh, actually use it as a as a uh, a reason to make a record. We didn't have it slated uh, in the schedule to make a record at all. So um, what we did is we just switched gears. And um, I mean, it was frustrating because we could not get in the room together. We couldn't, you know, we couldn't jam these songs out or write the songs together. So it was all like we'd get on Zoom calls. We would get on phone calls. We would record ideas into cell phones, send them over the Internet. And it just like it was just this long process of like, what do you think of this idea? And it just slowly we had a couple songs and four songs and five. And, you know, and and it uh, we use utilize the time to make a, a record and knowing we were going to need a lot of time, you know, with the way we were doing it. So, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. At what point now when you guys are ready to actually like record it and you've worked everything out, do you get into studio at that point or is it actually the, the final recording is still done like oh, you know, via Zoom or, or something similar to that? The, the final recordings were done uh, at everybody's houses. So they once we decided on what the parts were going to be and yeah. how that was going to work, I went into a studio here in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, with, at uh, Ken Mary's studio, he's a he's a guy that played with Alice Cooper and he played sure. with House of Lords and he's a great guy and great engineer and so I I took my drum set over there and recorded him. Um, everybody else, Pro Tools, you know, everybody did all the vocals, you know, we did all the stuff just separately, and we had to send dailies, you know, MP3s to each other to make sure that everybody was on board with what we were doing on our parts, but it was really hard because yeah. usually you're in there and there's like, you know, you try things out, you're playing, you know, you're playing live and, and you're recording and everybody's like, well, what if you play that different? And what if you do this? And, you know, and then you can get it done and you can, you can get it done in like three or four weeks with this is like six months. Right. You know? Because the, Hey, what if you do this a little differently comes at like the end of the day and then you have to do that the next day. And then everything or it takes might be two days later. You know, if like the weekend gets in the way, Hello? <laughs> I want to do this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, you know, I've talked to uh, enough uh, bands who have recorded during this time that there's a lot of variations on that. You know, some of them were fortunate enough to be able to get into the studio at the end, but a lot of them weren't. And they did kind of what you said. So you feel like it's a it's an album that would have taken a few weeks, but it actually took a few months. And uh, <laughs> I guess that just says something about 
everybody's dedication to actually wanting to get it done. So when you finally heard it, did it sound as though it was any different than uh, any of the albums you've done recently, you know, or does it be like, no, you know, you know, it was made differently because I've heard it a bunch of times and it, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. sound any different to me, you know? No, I mean, the thing is too, is that we got a chance to live with the songs. So by the time I went in and recorded my parts, I already pretty much knew, you know, you usually start with the basic tracks, you know, drums, bass, guitars, and we're actually going in the opposite direction. We're actually starting with vocals, guitars, and stuff like that with, with either metronomes or just drum machine, uh, you know, uh, applications. So a lot of the stuff, it was pretty easy because a lot of the stuff had these drum machine parts that were like metronomes. And I could just go in there and play my parts. But I, I had a bunch of time to live with the songs. So I really, uh, you know, I really knew what I was doing by the time I went in there. And I wanted to make it sound more spontaneous. So that's what I did. I just ended up playing how I normally pay on, play on stage. And we got it. We got the takes, you know. How much of an obstacle was it that, like, is the band uh, all spread out throughout the country where it wasn't easy for, like, you know, maybe two of you to get together? You know, you said you're in Mesa, yeah. Arizona. Uh, you know, I, everybody I, I, else on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, Bay Area, Jack's up in, in, uh, in a Washington. Yeah. So it was impossible. And, and the pandemic was raging. So we uh, didn't want to, you know, mess with that whole idea of people getting sick and, so we just said, let's figure this out, you know, and it took a while for us to figure it out. But um, once the communication got clearer, you know, then we could, then we knew we could send Pro Tools sessions, people could embellish on the parts, send MP3s. We all got pretty good at doing Pro Tools and making MP3s and getting our parts down. You know, I mean, you get to experiment too when you have the time, when there's no deadline like, gotta have it in by now you know this state and yeah. this date so right it's not like the old days where all of this is happening with the clock ticking on studio time you know the like right and the executives can... peering over your shoulder like <laughs> yeah how many more days yeah you know you, you go back far enough nobody's letting any album take uh take six months you know there's that it, the infamous the the one Guns and Roses record Chinese Democracy that uh, it took years. There was there was like a New York Times magazine article about how much they spent on that. You know and, about Michael uh, Jackson, bad. Yeah, five years. You know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know all Michael needed to do was do an extra Pepsi commercial, and then he's like, "All right, great, we're we're covered now." <laughs> but uh, and have Quincy Jones go, "Hey." Whenever you're ready, yeah, we'll do it. You know, yeah, I know, yeah, it's it's a great point too because the end result is bad. You know, it's not one of Michael's less successful albums. You know, it's like when when you're Michael Jackson and you put out one of your best albums, you're like, all right, I guess it took five years. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I I, I think that uh, when the end result is like, oh, you spent that much time on that, you could have no you should have been able to yeah. do that. But it's like, listen, guys, up. Uh, you know, maybe we'll put out a couple songs, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe albums aren't the thing anymore, but 
I I love when uh, you know bands that have been around for a while still put out albums, and uh, I think uh, uh, ATBPO. I always have to say it over in my head, make sure I get it right. I have to I think do it, that too, by the way. <laughs> I think it sounds great, and uh, let's talk about the uh, first single from the album, uh, "Breakout." Just uh, talk a little bit about that song. Our our audio listeners will hear a little bit of the end of that song. Uh, we'll hear that song after the end of our conversation. Well, I mean, how that song came about? That was the last one that I recorded because it was an instrumental idea from Brad. So, um, so, and we hadn't writ written the vocal or any of the lyrics or anything like that because it was an instrumental track. We kind of put it aside. We were going to do it, but we, we wanted to wait and finish some of the songs that we already knew what we were going to, you know, that were done. So it's interesting that that one became the first single because, um, the whole idea of, of the pandemic and what it was, you know, like causing and people to you know, not not work, not not communicate together, not being, you know, like be together at all. So that's where that idea came from. Is I got to I got to I got to get out of here. I got to I got to somehow get away from this, you know, energy. I got to break out, you know. So so we wanted to kind of convey that a little bit with with that energy. And so that's how it came about. Yeah, I think that it's interesting because, uh, you know, like uh, many bands have put out a lot of music uh, during the last year and a half. And there's uh, there's a few different ways that you're finding music that was inspired by this time. You know, there's some beautiful songs about people coming together and the world being a scary place. But then there's a lot that are like breakout is like, yeah, we've kind of had enough of this, like, you know? Ah! <laughs> yeah. So. I assume you guys and, and people can go to nightranger.com to order the album sure. but also to find out about any shows you have coming up. Now you guys have played shows uh, lately or are they all coming up oh, yeah. in the future? Okay. I thought oh, yeah, you yeah, we've been playing, playing the twos and fuse, you know, but um, uh, July had like eight or nine shows in it, which was right. great. Um, August is going to be a little more off than September when October we're playing the kiss cruise uh, right around Halloween. So that'll be great. Um, so yeah. So I mean, and even during the pandemic, we under the radar went and played Sturgis, oh, played wow. another bike rally here in in uh, Phoenix. You know, we just didn't advertise it because everybody was like, "You can't do that." When we yeah. showed up at Sturgis, and there yeah. was like six hundred thousand bikes, and everybody was like, "We're here." Yeah. They were wearing masks, of course. Sure. They were protecting themselves, but when we played. We played that show. It was like being in a Road Warrior movie. I mean, it was it was like all bikes, dust. You know, we're playing at you know a thousand dB, and everybody's like, "Yeah!" You know, it yeah. was it was so science you fiction. Should, it was bizarre. you should release that as a live recording of Night Ranger Beyond Thunderdome. You know? Oh my god, <laughs> totally right. Everybody yeah. flipping around. Woo! Yeah, there were uh, there were definitely bands who, uh, unfortunately for those bands, made headlines for playing some shows like that. So doing it under the radar is probably the way to go. <laughs> yeah, we snuck in and out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, like like the cult leaving Baltimore in the dead of night. You know, you just needed to basically like uh, or the Dodgers, right? Yeah. The Dodgers in in Brooklyn. Yeah, See, yeah, we're in L.A. now. Yeah, it's like oh, the weather's a lot better. Yeah, so uh, but that's great. Yeah, and you know there were bands that I would talk to last year. Some of them you kind of got into the habit where and everybody's like, oh, we hope to play this year, but maybe next year, or whatever. And every once in a while, you talk to a band. Uh, like I, I talked to one of the guys in autograph and he's like, 
oh no, we played for like 3000 people uh, outside in Colorado, like a, a, a month ago. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, a lot of those shows were of course outside at that point, but now yeah, you're having inside shows, outside shows. I mean, uh, gosh, I hope everybody uh, turns out okay. But I saw pictures from Lollapalooza over the weekend. And, oh my god, uh, I know. Yeah. I watched it too. Yeah, you're just like uh, you're like oh, that's great. I mean, I'm excited. I uh, the idea that there are shows to go to. I live in Los Angeles, and uh, most of the shows that we have scheduled are a little bit later in the summer and the, into the fall. I sure. think that uh, a lot of us who are holding tickets are still like you know kind of have our fingers crossed that they're really going to oh, happen. Sure. Uh, but. What so you're talking about that Sturgis show? I, I feel like probably for every show you do, there's probably going to be a chunk of the audience that it's either the first show they've been to a while or they just haven't been to so many. So, are you finding that the crowds, you know, love seeing you guys? But if you just kind of got up there and tuned your instruments, they would have been like, you know what, that was a pretty good show. <laughs> They're like. Just make some noise. I don't even care what it is, you know. Yeah, talk, do a couple of jokes or whatever. Yeah, I, I, you know. It, yeah, it's just been totally like the energy's been like at, you know, 120 yeah. levels. You know, just been like awesome. And uh, and when we were playing shows last summer too, the same thing. You know, people were just really excited about being outside. And, yeah. And, most, and, and you're right. Most of the shows we did were outside. Yeah, that we did. So we we wanted to make sure that we were protected and other people were protected too. Yeah, so course. the ones we accepted were outside. You know. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the first time I, I think it was at the end of April or the beginning of May I I went to a, a baseball game and you know my wife and I got there early. It, the stadium was still distanced at that point, and I just remember we looked around and I was like, you know, they don't even have to play. I'm just sitting here, you know, eating a hot dog, <laughs> drinking, and it's like it's a nice day. I'm in the shade. It's like they don't even have to play the game. You know, I'm just I, I got to go somewhere, and that's a great feeling. And uh, I, I've I've seen uh, I, I've seen a, a little bit of music. I've seen people playing outside, but you know the first actual like you know ticketed concert that I get to uh, should be in about a month, and uh, that'll be exciting. And, well, I uh, mean the thing is too is like during the pandemic, I had to just everybody just had to. I mean, you see people on the road; they're just driving around. Yeah, they're just outside. You know, it's like they had to. It was oh a, yeah, it was you had to get out. Yeah, know? I I would I, I have two small kids, a, a now six year old and a three year old, and uh, you know when we couldn't go anywhere, it's like we're we're gonna go take a drive. A big outing was where we'd go to the the drive through car wash, you know, the kind where you just actually take the car through. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's go home. That was that was our excitement for the day. That's what we're doing. And fortunately, they're little enough that they liked it. Uh, you know, you talked about uh, some of the performances you have coming up are at the Kiss Cruise. And uh, as as much as I love Kiss and I do like Kiss a lot, I think that if I were on that cruise, I would be excited to know that it wasn't all Kiss and like Kiss tribute bands. So the idea that you guys are going to be there and there's some other bands that I recognize. You yeah, know, Queen's so, right. Yeah, is on there too. Um, yeah, some some so, old buddies. So and have you have you done like a you know Monster Rocks or, or one of sure. those other crews before? Yeah. So and and I feel like those audiences are so excited because one they're like they're on vacation. They're they're on the all cruise. jammed in on yeah. one boat together. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not super excited about doing cruises, but playing with Kiss has always been, that was one of our, our first tours in 1982 and 83 was we got on the uh, Creatures of the Night right. uh, 10th anniversary tour. So that was like, you know, like a, a, a moment for us. And so anytime we get a, a chance to play with them is, 
is always a, a great opportunity. Yeah, they had some incredible support on that tour, including uh, like Motley Crue during uh, Shout at the yep. Devil, you know, so it yep. was like, uh, you know, and, uh, and you know, I, I don't think it sold well at the time, but Creatures of the Night, for me, it, it it's did. one of my favorite albums. It, you Mine know, too. Yeah, you know, and... Mind just uh the 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 you know uh as as a drummer uh i i feel like you can certainly appreciate uh we can appreciate everything that peter chris did before but eric carr was something special uh the oh, yeah. i have an old boss who used to say about good drummers uh he hit the drums like they owed him money you know <laughs> <laughs> no that's so true and that's and that and that's what that whole tour was about getting acquainted with what they their history was and yeah and who those people are and it was just a joy watching those guys play i mean uh especially Carr, you know i mean he yeah. is a, a tremendous player great performer that drum sound probably everybody tried to get that drum sound for from that stuff i love it loud yeah nobody could touch it no nobody. absolutely yeah it's funny because the uh the first two concerts I ever went to were both in 1990. And uh, first was Alice Cooper. Eric Singer was the drummer. And then the second was Kiss. And I saw yeah. Eric Carr. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great. You know, when you see great bands where where every, everything's firing on all cylinders. And yep. uh, I'm wondering what I meant to ask you about the live performances you're doing. Are you uh, sneaking in any of the new material? Or are you waiting till it comes out? Or, or how sure, are you approaching no. that? No, we, um, we have Breakout in the set right, right. now. And uh, the next, you know, we rehearsed uh, the second single, Bring It All Home to Me. So those, you know, I mean, it's hard to, uh, to get two songs in because yeah. we have a lot of material to play, but definitely breakouts in the set. We're probably going to rotate that out and put in uh, Bring It All Home to Me. So um, and then we got two other sing uh, singles we're going to release throughout the year. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, I so remember just as a to. just as a music fan, I, I remember uh, the one of the the best arrangements of a, a set list that that I saw was uh, Steve the Steve Miller band opened, and he did that you know seventy four to seventy eight greatest hits. He did all those songs, stuck wow. a new song right in the middle, and it was like, oh, okay, cool, he's got a new album. But uh, I think a lot of people you know, you can be interested in the new song and like, you know, the diehard fans are going to be excited for it, but yep, yep. you, I guess you run the risk if, especially if you were going to do like two in a row, you know, that's when yeah. it's like, Ooh, you know, you'd never, I don't think anybody would ever do that yeah. unless you said, we're going to take out this portion of the set and play three or four of the new songs. That'd be like, uh, time to go get a beer. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you Oh, know? I think I wanted a t-shirt and a beer and a deer and, and, and a sandwich. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Because, you know, why wouldn't they be? I mean, it just makes so much sense, it's, especially when you're playing it live, you know. It's like it, sometimes, you know, venues don't sound that great. You know, you can't really decipher what's going on. So, I mean, it makes sense. Get one in, though. Yeah, no, no, I think it's good. And, and it gives you the chance to let people know that, uh, that it's out there because uh, obviously, you know, it's not like – it's not it's not like I was going to say it's not like the old days, but it's not like any of the old days. There's, you know, uh, there's channels on satellite radio who will play Night Ranger songs, but they don't play new ones, you know. Sure, uh, sure. And, uh, the, you know, if you want to find videos, you have to. I guess it's a good thing, because if you want to see a Night Ranger video, you're like, oh, I'll go to their YouTube page. That's great. Right, but right. you're not going to just find it. You know, uh, isn't I, it I, interesting I, that YouTube became the MTV? Yeah. 
that used to be back in but, the 80s. I mean, but it's also it's like it's like pay-per-view, except you're not paying for it. It's like it's on demand where you're like, oh, I want to see, you know, what is this band that exactly. I look up to? The odd thing is that I, I've heard enough people talk about this is that people are finding new music because there'll be videos playing at the gym. And a lot of it isn't yeah. rock music, but every once in a while it is. And you're like, oh, what's this? And it's because it's like the only place people are captive. You know, interesting. it's it's interesting how it's out there, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, people are finding the album. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, ordering it. And I guess there's there's an extra song that's on the, the CD and the LP. Uh, so people who just stream it, they're not going to get that extra song. But there's also some different colored vinyl and all that. So yeah, blue uh, and, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah so people want that. They just go to nightranger.com. And Absolutely. you know, it sounds like you've got a, a lot of uh, dates coming up. We mentioned the kiss cruise, but uh, we do, yeah. and you guys are planning on playing a lot through the end of the year and into Absolutely. next year or just, uh, and, and next year uh, they've, what they've done is they, uh, you know, we had to cancel the, the Sammy Hagar yeah. uh, and white snake. So that's back on for next year. So that's what we're going to be doing. It might be Sammy Hagar, Night Ranger. Or it might be Sammy Hagar, White Snake, and Night Ranger. They're still trying to figure that out because, uh, you know, with with the cancellations for this year, people just shuffled and tried to figure out what they were going to do. So that's yeah. that's what we're we're actually looking at that. Right. Uh, you know, as uh, next year's. Well, I've heard David Coverdale say that he does want to go out one more time, you know, because, uh, I, you know, he, he's the one who said that, uh, you know, it's uh, taken a lot out of him, but he does want to go one more time. I feel like Sammy will probably tour for another 20 years, if I had to oh, guess. Yeah. I know, I know oh, he's God. in his 70s, but... Uh, <laughs> he keeps re reinventing, like, new tequilas, and that must be, like, <laughs> has his jolt of vitamin B12. Yeah. You know, yeah, who, something in it. <laughs> yeah, who knew that the uh, the fountain of youth that uh, you know they were looking for was actually just in Cabo Wabo? They just needed to go there. <laughs> exactly. And they would have Did found you ever it. see that joke that was on the internet where he showed Sammy and Bill Clinton together? They're both the same age. Oh no! I didn't and they see. have pictures of it. Like one guy, one guy does. You know, he's the same age in politics. You know, and this guy does rock and roll and drinks tequila. <laughs> Who do you think worked out? You know, it was, it was unbelievable, man. Yeah. You look at it, you go, holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. You know, you know, not not a political statement at all. But when you <laughs> see people, anybody who is president, and, and even if they were only for four years, you see a picture at the beginning, a picture at the end. Oh, my God. You know, on. it's like it's like like George W. Bush looked like his own great grandfather at the end of it. You know, he looked like his dad. <laughs> I mean, you know? who would want to be in politics? Who? Would, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't get understand. It. I don't get it. I mean, Trump. You know, he's yeah. the only guy that wants it. I'll That's do true. it. The guy, the guy who had everything. He's like, you know what? I'll, you know what? I haven't done is that. But yeah. uh, well, he hasn't. You know, he, he got a chance to to be able to tell everybody what to do. It's <laughs> a great point. Not just not, the people in his business. Yeah, not just. And the he's people, really good at it. Yeah, not just the people on <laughs> Celebrity Apprentice. You know, not just Brett Michaels and De Dennis Rodman. Well, uh, Kelly, obviously, uh, rock and roll keeps uh, Sammy Hagar young. Obviously, that's help happening for you too. I'm so glad you guys are out there. I do Thanks love the new album. I hope everybody uh, orders it. And uh, I, I hope that uh, we get to see you somewhere in Southern California soon. You know, it's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of I, I would say a lot of bands are are circling and kind of waiting to see wait and see how the the stuff that's yeah you know, because what we're getting is a lot of the stuff that was delayed from last year and it's like sure. once we get past that hopefully we get uh, and now the know, governor is like saying that you got to wear masks indoors and yeah. so if that comes about 
it's going to slow things down again. Yeah. You know? But what I what I've said to uh, to see a show, it's like just tell me what the rules are ahead of time. You yeah. want me to wear a mask? You want to swab my nose between every song? That's fine <laughs> if it means I get to go to a band. But I just want you to tell me. You know, just let me know ahead of time. That's that's yeah. all I ask. I know they're just guessing all the time, isn't yeah. it? It's like constantly like changing. Like, oh no no, you're going to do this today. Yeah. Oh no, no. <laughs> wait a minute. Like traveling out of the country or traveling uh, in Europe. A friend of mine just came to and from, and she said they changed it like overnight. They said, okay, now you can't. Uh, we're going to check your passport. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to do a testing on you that costs you $200 every time you di- get tested. Wow. So people trying to leave the country are getting, you know, there's. They're getting sabotaged. Yeah, no, I mean, and and the interesting thing about how it changes is that, you know, my my wife's cousin visited from Hong Kong and uh, two weeks later, his fiance came and then they went back at the same time. But while they were over here, the rules changed. So my wife's cousin has to quarantine for two weeks. His fiance has to quarantine for one week because of what the rules were when you left the country. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. I know that. I like to think that everybody who puts rules in place are, are looking out for everybody and have the best sure. interests. But boy, it would be nice if there was some consistency to it, you know? Just yeah. Tell us. To. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Exactly. I get it. Well, Kelly, uh, it's, uh, it. it's you. been great to chat with you. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging in there. Uh, everybody that's watching and listening, they missed all the, the tech adventures we had before we got started, but oh, yeah. uh, I feel that much closer to you because we went through that. <laughs> I can hear your voice, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. Uh, and the new album, ATBPO, uh, order it at nightranger.com. And while you're there, see if they're going to be in your town soon. Thanks so much, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Joining me now is musician Damon Johnson, whose latest album is called Battle Lessons from Damon Johnson and the Get Ready. Damon, thank you so much for taking the time to chat again. Welcome back to the show. It's great to see you again. Thank you very much, Christian. How are you doing? 
Uh, I'm doing great. You know, we were uh, just talking a moment ago before we got started. And, uh, you know, here we are. It's uh, June of 2021 and uh, well past the year mark of doing pretty much everything this way. You know, it's uh, all my work happens on what looks like a three by five index card. And uh, uh, but the the best thing about it is, uh, you know, when you're doing stuff out of a studio and it's like, yeah, well, who's in town right now? And do they have time to come over? So it really opens it up in a lot of good ways, I think. And for you, I mean, if you want wanted to spend your day this way you could do like you know five interviews uh, all afternoon and you know cover a lot of people so i guess you know there's the pros and cons to it i'm sure yeah it's been an extraordinary year and there's you know the being stationary does there have been some advantages of it there's no doubt about it but i i can't deny man getting able to you know being able to book some shows again and just get back on the road is uh it's a thrill. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, we certainly won't ever take it for granted again. I can, I can assure you that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to talk to you about getting back out there. But when I start off, I want to talk about the album. Now, you and I spoke last fall, I think it was in September, and you had a few of the songs out from the album. And uh, I, I do remember that uh, I, I did put a bug in your ear because my favorite song was uh, Can't Clap Any Louder. And mm -hmm. there had been a little bit of a disagreement behind the scenes. I can't remember if it was a producer or someone. You liked that song a lot. And there was this idea of like, well, why don't we put that song out? Now, I don't know that that song has come out yet, but uh, am, I, am I seeing something in the future? Is there maybe somewhere down the line uh, a video plan for that? Or is it just one of the great songs on the album? Well, I'll tell you this, brother. It's still, you know, in my top three and, you know, those three kind of evolve. <laughs> and, sure. Of course. You know, yeah. they, they shape shift because they're, they're all my babies, man. I, I just, I'm so proud of the album from top to bottom. Um, but I will tell you this, man, tomorrow, literally tomorrow, I guess, technically midnight tonight is the premiere of the new video for talk yourself into anything, which is track number three. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've uh, I've been listening to that song a lot, uh, you know, because I, I, they sent me the song, and I yeah I know that uh, the video premieres, and uh, I'm sure that the, they can uh, just look for you. But uh, DamonJohnson.com, uh, Twitter is Damon J official, and Instagram official Damon Johnson, and I think that's also your YouTube. So uh, yeah. I guess YouTube is really the if you just want to go to YouTube, and I bet if you type in uh, type in uh, Damon Johnson, they'll find it. Um, and I really like that song, uh, Talk Yourself Into Anything. Uh, it's, it, it, you know, it's a great, like, it's got some great riffs. It's super catchy. And, uh, you know, last time I talked to you, I mentioned that uh, I grew up a, a huge fan of Alice Cooper, who obviously you, you played with for a number of years. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned his trash tour was the first concert I ever went to. And I was thinking, listening to this song so much, I kind of had in all the best ways, like kind of an Alice Cooper vibe to that song. Just sort of the way that there's the talking at the beginning and kind of the structure. And I hope it's a huge, tremendous success for you. But also somewhere down the line, I'm like, I'd kind of like to hear Alice sing this song. It really feels like, and I don't hear that a lot. Not a lot of people put out music where you're like, yeah, I think Alice could do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, I doubt that that's even, you know, remotely something that you maybe considered at all. But uh, I wonder what you think about that reaction that I had to it as I was listening to it for like the 10th time on the little exercise bike out in the garage this morning. Oh, that's awesome, Christian. Well, you just said a lot of stuff right there. First of all, uh, you know, Alice would 
kill that. He would be so great on that. And you're the first person that has said that. So, um, you know, that talking intro, I definitely, right from the beginning, I knew that I wanted to sort of portray some kind of a character. I had these two people that influenced, you know, their relationship influenced the lyric for the song. But, you know, I had that opening riff and it was so simple and kind of, you know, Highway to Hell, Power Age era, ACDC in its simplicity. Um, it gets such a good reaction, man, that we're playing it live. You know, we've done half a dozen shows now and, you know, people are asking for it by name. People love Can't Clap Any Louder uh, as much as me. And the only reason we didn't go with that second is because we wanted a different tempo. Um, sure, the, that makes if sense. The, yeah. If, if there's any... If there's any remotely uh, kind of a, a negative mark for Can't Clap Any Louder, it's basically the same tempo as the title track, Battle Lessons, that we put out back in, you know, back in February. But, you know what, the other thing, Christian, it's so cool being an independent artist. I mean, there's no, there's no rules. I get to do whatever the hell I want, <laughs> you know? So, you know, the record's been out now for five months, but we're just now putting out a second video. You know, there's some energy around that. I'd like for this record to kind of stretch out over the into the fall, into the early part of next year. We just announced some UK tour dates with our friends in Buck Cherry. And, you know, man, more than anything, I just hope the the touring and the performing really ramps up. Yeah. And I mean, that'll be great to be out with a great band like Buck Cherry for sure. Uh, and so if, if there are dates in Europe, uh, should I guess that uh, it's probably not till the fall, though? It seems like everything that uh, the, everything that get well, a lot of stuff that gets planned here in the U.S. is like, yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah, September, October, maybe. But uh, Europe, it seems like that they're going to have shows. It's just not yet. Right. Correct. These yeah. shows, the shows for us and Buck Cherry don't start until the end of November. And without a doubt, man, we're watching the news with yeah, great, course, great yeah. interest, you know, as to how things continue to progress over there. They're not, you know, we're so lucky, brother, to live here in the good old U.S. of A. because we've clearly, man, the vaccines have been a game changer in the best way, especially for the music business, for us to, you know, have people be able to congregate and, and, and feel healthy and safe. And so it's uh, it's good, man. I hope yeah, that UK2 happens. I, I think that the uh, the the rollout of the vaccine has uh, certainly been the vaccines plural, of course. Uh, uh, you know, here in the U.S., I think it went so much better than anybody expected because it was like maybe two months ago, everybody was canceling tours or putting them to 2022, and then literally within a few weeks, all of a sudden it was like, no, no we'll do that. Uh, you know, maybe the end of the summer we'll do that. It, it like literally changed. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting, you know, you're sort of talking about how fortunate we are here. And uh, just within the last hour, I was reading that, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen's doing his uh, Broadway show again. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's a very expensive ticket, but uh, I was lucky enough to go once. It's phenomenal. Oh, wow. I think it's wow. yeah it it was uh it was dumb luck i was in new york and i was like on the cancellation line and some lady had an extra ticket and uh you know she was like uh i need somebody but you have to be able to go in with me now because it's one of those like printed home tickets yeah. but she had printed both tickets on the same piece of paper so it's like wow. it's one person you got to come in with me and and i'm like well uh what are you asking she's like uh 300 which is a lot 
for anything, but I really had, I, you know, I really wanted to go and I'm not usually in New York anymore. So, uh, I like, I was like, well, hang on. And I went into my wallet. I'm like, I have $267 in cash. She's like, good enough. Let's go right now. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, <laughs> I, I got to go and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big Springsteen fan and I can understand how you have to be to even spend what I spent because, you know, there's seats in there that are like $850 long before they go on StubHub. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because that I was literally just reading that, you know, and I think that these are some of the rules that we might start to see crop up, you know, specifically because that's a Broadway show that you not only have to show proof of vaccination to go to that show, you have to get one of our three vaccines here the the mm. Pfizer, the Moderna, or the Johnson & Johnson. Wow. If you have the AstraZeneca vaccine, that's actually not good enough. And uh, obviously somebody with the appeal of Springsteen, you know, is going to draw people in from around the world. So now even Canadians who maybe were, you know, going to, I don't know, quarantine, drive down, I don't even know how it would work. It's like, oh, wait, I have that one. So now, now they can't go. Wow. So, wow. yeah, and it, it's something I hadn't even thought about you know, just uh, what two nights ago, the the Foo Fighters played at the Canyon Club uh, here in L.A. They you know they did a small show before they head out to play Madison Square Garden, and that was one of those shows where it's like everybody's got to show proof of vaccination, and you know you you had protests because some people don't want to have to do that, and that's their right to not get to do it, but it's also you know it's also Foo Fighters' right to say like, well, that's kind of what we want in the room. Uh, when it cut, and the reason why I'm sort of, you know, this is all rambling around a little bit, but the reason I'm bringing it up, are you finding like, oh, we're going to book a show in this state and we have this set of rules and then the next night we're going to be somewhere else and oh boy, it's like a completely different set of circumstances. And do you feel like it's going to be a lot of adjustments, you know, from night to night, really? You know, man, we're not really seeing much of that yet. Most of the shows that we've got booked between now and November are outdoor shows. And obviously that that's a different situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we are playing indoors next weekend uh, back in my home state of Alabama. And that's a that's a great venue in Huntsville that I've played many times. And it's indoors. And, you know, we are operating under the confidence, you know, because all of us are vaccinated. And, you know, the venue, I don't think it's going to be limited capacity, which is awesome. Um We'll just wait and see, man. I just, you know, the news just continues to be positive. You know, every day, man, there's, there's, you know, the numbers are going down. Infections are going down. Hospitalizations are going down. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you're yeah. obviously you keep up with this as much as I do, Christian. So I know that you're aware that once the weather starts to cool off again and everybody's indoors, it could change. You know, we don't know. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think having a lot of uh, outdoor shows uh, makes it easier. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, here in L.A., as of a couple of days ago, you can, uh, you know, the, you can go into the movie theater and sit, you know, without really, I don't think that they're doing, you know, restrictions the way that they were. And obviously that's less people than a concert. But it's the same idea. You're sitting next to strangers that aren't from your household. And it's interesting that it's on the honor system. It's like, oh, you say that you're vaccinated. Great. You don't have to wear a mask. And, you know, we're going to take people at their word for it. And uh, it's it's interesting that uh, I, I like to think that uh, people will be honest, you know. And uh, uh, so 
you know, you had said you've already played some shows and um, that must have been somewhat recent because I remember seeing you did a stream. Did you play the whole album on the stream that you did? It was a few months ago, right? Yeah, we did, man. We did a live stream back in April and we played the entire record top to bottom and we played two or three extra songs at the end. Um, but we played our first official live show uh, back in... Let's see, was it the end of April or the end of May? I guess it would have been April, the last week of, of April. We played a great venue here in Nashville called the Basement East. And, um, you know, it was very limited capacity. Uh, people were still masking, which we were fine with that. We were great with that. But, Christian, I cannot overexpress, man, what a joy it was. There was so much joy all around the room, the band, the audience, the bartenders, the waitresses, the people working the front desk, man, everybody was in a great mood and just really, really happy, you know, to, to, you know, for, we were technically like the first kind of hard rock band to come in and play. They'd had some acoustic stuff in the, the previous couple weekends and that kind of thing. But, you know, we came in there with the, the Marshall amps and the big drums and, <laughs> right. and we rocked out. So it was, uh, yeah, you know, it was it, really it's, great. it's interesting because, uh, it was around the same time, actually, it was, uh, maybe early May. Uh, my wife and I went to a, a Dodger game one afternoon and the capacity was like, I don't know, 20% at that point, but man, everybody who worked there selling concessions, the people taking your tickets, it's, it, you know, I'm from New York originally, but, uh, you know, LA is so much friendlier than I'm used to. It's still not the most friendly place on earth, but everybody was like, hi, how are you? And yeah. they were so happy. And, you know, we were sitting there. It was like, we could, they, they could have told us like, yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, team bus broke down. There's not going to be a game today. And we all would have sat there and just, you know, like well, you know, hot let's, dogs and just been like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is a day. And I saw friends of mine are in a uh, a Kiss tribute band called Kissed Alive. And they did one of those uh, sort of like parking lot drive-in sort of shows where people can be outside just near their yeah. car apart from each other. I went to that it, it, actually also in like March. And it was like, oh, this it, everybody was so excited. Like we're outside, we're in a parking lot. The band, you know, because I know the band, I was uh, pretty close to it. But people were like, whatever, you know, this is so great. And that so far, that's my only live music experience since uh, March of 2020. And I just so I can't imagine one being on stage and looking at people, but just thinking about me when I actually go to a show, what that's going to be like. And if they want the rule to be, you know, I, I've said, like, if you want me to wear a mask, that's great. And I jokingly said, it's like, look, if you want to swab my nose between each band to make <laughs> sure like I didn't catch it, that's fine. You know what? Just tell me what the rules are before I go. You know, I, I'll bring three masks, you know, so I can switch, you know, after after each, whatever they need, you know. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's but that's great. great you that's know, and awesome. I think a lot of people I talk to feel exactly that way. You know, I you're going to well, certainly think, have people who. Yeah, let go ahead. Jump, let me jump in and say something, man. So we played that show on a Thursday night in Nashville and then we drove to Illinois. We played an outdoor event on Saturday. And then Sunday, we did a private acoustic thing, which was also outdoors. And I got to tell you, man, every single show over those, th you know, three shows in four days, it was the same thing. You know, people were just overjoyed. And, you know, look, man, there's no doubt. We hope that this continues. I feel really lucky, Christian, that we had already made a record. 
you know, a lot of people had been waiting or holding off or they couldn't get in the studio if the band lives in different states or whatever. You know, for me to have my whole team of people right here in Nashville was a blessing, man, because we got to, you know, f over time, make the record. You know, Nick Raskulinix, man, he's just, he's a superhero. I'm so lucky to have him in my life as a friend, as a producer. He crushed it, man. He got, he captured everything I wanted to, did a great job on the mix. And, uh, you know, so to put the record out officially back in, in February was awesome. So I feel like now we're kind of, coming out of the shoot strong you know we've got a great new record we'd already done a pretty good amount of touring in 2019 and early 20 you know uh, you know rock and roll is uh it's not the it's not the cultural influence that it used to be and i know you know you know what i'm talking about so sure yeah you know anything that we can do to bring attention to our music man i'm i'm excited about it and i'm appreciative you know for any opportunity to do that so uh you know my agent knows it's like man somebody wants us to play the answer is yes you know you don't even have to call me just book it let's go <laughs> i love that yeah and you know something you said earlier you know you're talking about you, you know having the album sort of grow over time and obviously that's the way it used to work with an album and that's why you know even your your hugely successful albums you know had you know four or five singles that came out over the course of like a year and a half you know and the way it seems now it's built on we're going to put everything out before it comes out and we want everybody to pre-order it and then, you know, record companies not being what they used to be, maybe because of what you just said about rock and roll, they're like, okay, yeah, well, you know, we debuted uh, in the charts. Uh, we did what we did, and uh, we'll talk to you in another couple of years. Maybe, yeah, you know? listen, man, I, to, I don't understand how any artist, big or small, would think that that's in their best interest. I have two friends that are also independent artists. And I was really surprised, man, that in each case, you know, they put out a new record and they dropped, you know, four songs, each one with some kind of an accompanying video or a lyric video or whatever, like in a month. And then that's it, you know? And, and it's like, wait a minute, man, you just worked on this thing for six months. And now you've, you know, you have total control over the calendar and how you roll out this stuff. Because, like, you know, again, Christian, people's attention span is minute. And if you, you know, if you release all of that stuff, they're just going to miss it. They're, people aren't going to see it. And if they do see it, they're just going to be, you know, blowing through their Instagram feed or their Facebook. And, oh, look, there's a cool, great. And they're on to the next thing. I'm excited that we worked the title track, you know, through all my outlets and social media and, you know, my digital provider, they did a great job, you know, for six weeks, two months. And then we chilled out for a minute. Now we're dropping the video tonight for talk yourself into anything. I hope people get sick of it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe it's can't clap any louder in, uh, you know, later I'm in the hoping. summer. Yeah, man. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to do a video for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because you know you have the you have your you're sort of talking about you know artists at, at a certain level. You have somebody like you know like if John Bon Jovi wants to put out a video for every song on the album before it comes out, and then anybody who buys a ticket to see him in concert gets the album for free. 
that's a great business model that most people can't do. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Uh, I, right. I think that, the, you know, this, I don't know, it's just what you're doing seems smart. And I'm like, well, I don't understand why more bands don't do it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, a big, you know, the, the, a good example is a couple of years ago, Judas Priest had like their highest charting debut for an album ever. And then within a few weeks, it was like, nobody was talking about it anymore. And, you know, the pandemic gets in the way, but then it's like, well, yeah, but why weren't they out there? And just like, yeah, of course they're Judas Priest and you know all those songs, but they have new songs. And why why aren't you trying to, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's the the reason why some bands don't even make new music, you know, because it's just like, oh, it's it's such a it's such a slog to try and uh, and try and play it, you know. And uh, just a couple of days ago, I was talking to uh, I know he lives down there too, Mark Slaughter. He was talking about going to see Paul McCartney once and he's Paul McCartney. And even Paul McCartney, when he like got to the song that was the new song, then everybody's like, all right, well, it's not going to be get back. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go let's go to the bathroom and get another beer. You know? yeah. So it's like if even Paul McCartney can't convince you to stay still for new music, I totally get it. So I I, I see both sides of it, but what you're doing seems so smart and. It's got it, like you said, you use the word blessing. It's got to be a blessing that you can actually get out there and play in front of people now. Whereas a year ago, obviously, that wasn't even remotely an option, you know? Oh, man, it's you're totally right. And, you know, it's just, it's like when I saw your name on the call sheet, I was like, oh, awesome, man. It'd be good to talk to Christine again because we did talk way back in the fall of last year. And, hey, man, I remember still being very uncertain about so many things. The calendar, the record wasn't finished. We, I think by then, we had only been able to record six of the nine songs so it was early days and um the, everything feels so different now and you know my kids uh they got to go back to school in person which is awesome yeah. and uh you know we just got back from visiting some family up in michigan which was great and so the normalcy man it feels so fucking good <laughs> yeah it feels so good yeah, you know, uh, a few weeks after my wife and I went to the Dodger game, we took the kids to Disneyland, and there's a lot of there were a lot of restrictions. There's a lot less now, but when we yeah. went, and it was like, oh, the kids need to wear a mask, and you know, some people get upset about that. I'm like, that's fine. You know, the kids aren't vaccinated. That actually yeah. makes perfect sense. Yes, uh, and and we went, and I tell you, anything that was abnormal about it didn't matter to them. It was like, can we go on Dumbo again? <laughs> my, my kids are five and three, so you know it's good. It's all the little kids stuff. Hey man, and, it's all uh, of, it's all Dumbo and Small World. Oh yeah, and, and the uh, the uh, the little spaceship ride that goes around. Th that was the other one, and yeah. then uh, surprisingly, my daughter, she's three, she wanted to go on the teacups, and we're like, are you oh, sure? Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've known adults who are like, oh no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> but uh, but then you know, look at the same time, it was like I think twenty percent. Uh, attendance for Disneyland. I'm like, oh, sign me up for that. That was the reason we went. Yes. You know, it's like yes. it was like a ghost town at, uh, at Quentin time. But yeah, it, it, to get back to like, I still actually I don't know what the next show is. I'm going to go to. I have something that moved to September that I might go to. Uh, actually, at Dodger Stadium with the Weezer and Green Day and Fallout Boy. And I'm like, oh, I would have thought that I would get something before that, but. 
you know, I might not. Just the idea of getting out there, though, is great. And so you're getting to talk to people, you know, I'm sure around seeing the band live. But the album, you said, has been out for about five months now. What are some of the reactions you're getting to it? You know, I mean, it is it's it's great to get like, you know, an actual you're talking about, you know, a rock band really coming in to play that show. And this is like a, a real like rock record, which you unfortunately you don't get as many of those as we used to, you know? Yeah, man. It is certainly a hard, it's the hardest, heaviest riff record I've ever made. Uh, it's even heavier than, you know, any of the Brother Kane stuff, maybe even my Slave to the System record that I did back in 2002 with Kelly and the guys. But yeah, man, I just love that everybody kind of, they're, they, they're kind of mer matching the sound of the record, Christian, with this moment of coming out of COVID and, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad that it's a big, heavy, in-your-face rock and roll record and not something more acoustic, which I've done before, and I'll certainly do some more of that in the future. But it's the perfect kind of celebratory, let's get together and and listen to some, some good music energy. So, um, you know, I know, I know that, again, I feel really fortunate that I've got a catalog of material to draw from. You know, uh, the guys in the Get Ready and I, we, you know, we still, we, we visit that Brother Kane catalog a good bit. You know, people want to hear those songs and I love playing those songs. Uh, we'll do a tip of the hat sometimes to Thin Lizzy, uh, which I'm still a part of. And, uh, you know, it's just a great night of music, man. And, and, you know, no one's having more fun than me. You know, no oh, one, yeah. <laughs> no one, because I'm, you know, I have a, just the most badass rhythm section. Jared and Robbie are so fantastic, and I'm, I'm proud of them and the job that they did on the record, and I'm, I'm grateful to have them in my life. And so, you know, the set list may be 16 songs, but, you know, we know 30 songs, so I'll call an audible at any minute, you know, James Brown style. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, hey, man, let's stretch that middle section in uh, Got No Shame, you know, whatever. So uh, we have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, you know, you, you referenced them sort of in passing. Uh, talk, Take a moment to talk about the rest of the band and how the Get Ready came together. I know we talked about that back in the fall, but I think it's uh, worth reiterating who the, the rest of the rockers up there on stage are with you, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, Jared Pope on drums and Robbie Harrington on bass. The thing that's almost funny now is the the realization that the three of us met when we were all three playing modern country back in 2008. Wow. Uh, yeah, 2007 <laughs> and 8. Uh, I stepped out of Alice Cooper for a couple of years to be a part of a band called Whiskey Falls. And uh, me and my buddy Buck were from Alabama and the other two guys were from California. We were more of an acoustic vocal group, you know, Eagles meets Leonard Skinner kind of thing. So we brought in a drummer. We needed a drummer to do some shows with. Well, they, the California guys, knew Jared Pope. Jared was from Bakersfield, and the minute I heard him play, I was like, this is not a country drummer. This dude rocks. Like, this, <laughs> this guy is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. so we toured together for uh, over a year, Christian, and during that year, we did some festivals uh, with Dirks Bentley, who you may have heard of, big country star. Yeah. Robbie Harrington was playing bass for Dirks. Same reaction. I stood on the side of the stage, and I was with Jared, and I said, dude, check out that bass player. 
that guy's a rocker. What is, he's not a country guy. This, this dude's awesome. So, you know, I kept in touch with, with both of them over the years. And uh, I moved to Nashville in 2013. Robbie was already here. Jared moved to town about a year later. And uh, it was only a matter of time, man, that we all got in this a room together. And, you know, I told him I had a vision for what I wanted to do going forward. And I, you know, hey, man, would you guys be interested? And Jared goes, as long as we can play some Brother Kane... And Robbie goes, as long as we can play some Thin Lizzy. And I said, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, look, I, I, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, you'll sometimes the you know, musicians, look, sometimes you just take a gig, but other times, you know, you're working with people, uh, you know, maybe early in your career, like the you know, the guys mentioning Foo Fighters again. I know that uh, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters used to play with Alanis Morissette. And uh, I think uh, Nuno from Extreme was uh, playing for a, a pop singer at one point. You Rihanna, know, uh, Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just uh, you know, and obviously, look, those are good gigs because those those are those are artists who play at uh, you know some some pretty big uh, venues. But uh, yeah, it's funny that you know I, I have a friend who works in in country radio actually there in Nashville, and she uh, she's a she loves country music, but uh, she's also seen Def Leppard like sixty times, and she'll tell you about. <laughs> Like how many guys like in country are like, oh yeah, yeah but I love Metallica. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's just like, of course yeah. they love what they do, but uh, you know, it's just uh, sometimes that's uh, yeah. And and I, I don't know. I think it's I, also I feel like you know you you use the term modern country. I think country now it's a lot different. You know, I think that uh, you know you wouldn't have people playing with Conway Twitty who you maybe would have wanted to you know put in plug into Aerosmith at one point. You know, I'm just yeah. picking two bands. Maybe I'm completely wrong yeah. about that, but uh, no man. And listen, it was, uh, you know, uh, now that I look back, I don't know if I would have made a decision to be a part of Whiskey Falls now if I knew then what I know now. But, man, some great stuff came out of it. Obviously, meeting sure, you guys yeah. was, was essential. So I'm proud. Yeah. Uh, and so the uh, as we're talking, the, the video uh, for uh, t uh, You Talk Yourself Into Anything, that'll be uh, tonight at midnight on uh, all the uh, socials. Obviously, the easiest place to find it is on YouTube. Yes. Uh, DamonJohnson.com. That's the uh, one-stop shopping. Um, I wanted to ask you about something that I actually read uh, somewhere else. I think it was a website named uh, Brave Worlds Talk to You about golf. And this, of course, ties into uh, Alice Cooper that uh, I'm wondering how much golf did you play just to, you know, casually before you went on tour with Alice? Because reading this this article where you talked about how it was pretty much every day and also like on off days, you know, you guys were out there like really playing, right? So uh, obviously uh, it was sort of like an, an unexpected uh, perk of, you know, joining Alice Cooper's band, right? Was uh, getting to see some of these great courses around the country and I assume around the world. Yeah, man, it was insane. It was insane. Um, I had already fallen in love with golf. Uh, I was not very good. I didn't even actually have a real swing at that point. But uh, my best friend played, my brother-in-law played, and then I, over time I found a couple other friends in Alabama that I played with a lot. So I'll never forget, man, the night Alice called to tell me I had, you know, I had auditioned and, you know, he called me and said, hey, man, we I'd picking you, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you in the band. And so we talked about the set list and we were, I was going to fly out for rehearsals. And right before we hung up, I said, Oh, Coop, I want to ask you, would it be okay if I bring my golf clubs? He goes, you play golf? Really? And I said, <laughs> like his whole, his whole demeanor changed. 
And I said, well, look, I, I play, I love it. I'm not very good, but you know, we're going to be on the road for seven weeks. You know, I thought maybe we could play, you know, once a week, you know, a few times a month. He starts belly laughing. He's like, once a week. <laughs> he goes, Damon, I play every day. You just won the lottery. And there was no way I could have known how true those words were, Christian, because that guy, I can count on three fingers out of five years, the number of days that he didn't, you know, take me with him. You know, there were a couple times he had like some corporate thing or, you know, some big shot, you know, there, there wasn't enough room for a guitar player to play golf that day. But man, he took me every day. We played in every country, you know, South America, Australia, Russia, all over Europe, uh, you know, all the big courses in the States, Whistling Straits. And, um, you know, we played Riviera. We took me to the Bel Air Country Club. I played with Dennis Quaid and Luke Wilson. <laughs> it was just nice. It's like out of a, it's like out of a dream somewhere, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I love it as much now as I did then. My sons play Jared Pope is almost a scratch golfer. He's, he's, he's the only golfer friend of mine that could beat Alice any day, anywhere. Uh. You know? <laughs> and I say, and I say that with love because Coop is really sure. good. Jared's insane. Jared's like, he, if this drumming thing doesn't work out, he could, you could join the senior tour and make a few bucks. I'm telling you. Well, uh, I will. I'll tell you the uh, same story that I uh, told Alice the one time I was lucky enough to meet him. Uh, for uh, many years, uh, right up until the end of last year, and just right now, he's just not working anything. I, I worked with the comedian Dennis Miller, and he is uh, not a strong golfer, but he got roped into a celebrity tournament and he was paired up with Charles Barkley. And if you've ever seen any footage of Charles <laughs> Barkley, he is also not a good golfer. And they were so bad in this tournament that everyone, you know, and there were some pros in the tournament. I don't actually remember who any of them were. I just remember that Dennis and Charles Barkley were so bad. Everyone started following them because those were the holes that were fun to be around. Because, right. uh, you know, obviously Dennis is a comedian and Barkley might as well be a comedian. <laughs> and uh, just uh, Alice laughed so hard at uh, the idea of, you know, people just wanting to watch somebody be so bad at it. And, uh you know, it's, uh, it, it, it was, uh, I, I can only imagine. And, well, and you listen, know, man, golf, golf is the great equalizer. You know, you're talking about two really famous personalities in Dennis and Charles. And listen, man, those golf swings of theirs just brings them right back down to human level. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. golf, yeah. golf will humble you in ways you could have never expected. And you know what? Good on both of those guys for being good sports and just being like, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to do my best and we're going to have some fun. And that's what's great about it, man. It, you know, golf can be whatever you want it to be. If you want to get serious and put in the time and get some lessons and work with a coach, hey, man, you can, you can achieve things that uh, mere mortals aren't, you know, capable of doing naturally. Uh, or if you just want to go out and have some fun, man, that's, it's a great game. Yeah, I I know enough that uh, whenever, uh, you know, when I've been like part of like a, a bachelor party weekend or something where there's golf, I'm like, no, I'm just going to stay in the golf cart and drink beer. But you know, literally everybody have fun and I'll be there. But, uh, you know, so, sometimes you just know when it's like, no, nah, nobody's going to have fun. You know, I'm not Charles Barkley. Nobody wants to have to wait behind me. You know, Christian, <laughs> I, ha I have to tell you, we just got back from Michigan 
as I mentioned, seeing some family. And I went to play golf with my wife's uncle and his daughter, who is a collegiate golfer. She plays on the college team. She's really, oh, wow. really yeah. good. And uh, I always love to play with them because, you know, it's just a good hang and I learn a lot. But man, we played one day and we only played nine holes and I made three putts. All three of them were like 30 feet or longer. Like it was, I've never made putts that long, <laughs> that many times. And I wish I had a picture of Aaron's face. She was just like, who are you? Like, what? <laughs> what? what happened to you? Like, yeah. This is insane. Oh, so, that's great. You know, I'll, man, I'll, I'll remember that one round of golf for the rest of my life because of those putts, you know, so it's. There's always something. There's a silver lining to, to any golf game, man, if you look for it. Yeah, I know exactly. And I know, you know, uh, Alice wrote a whole book about it. You called yeah. Golf Monster. I remember it because, you know, uh, he's uh, very open about the uh, the struggles he had with uh, drinking and later with drugs in his life. And uh, you got to replace it with something. And it's just so funny that, you know, the the guy who gets, you know, electrocuted or, or hanged or his head chopped off is like, yeah, but I got to be up at eight because I got a tea time, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so Yeah, well, listen, man, the, the thing that Alice wins the most about it's not that he's a rock star. It's not that he plays golf every day. The big win that Alice Cooper is, is his incredible wife, Cheryl. She's totally fine with him playing golf every day. <laughs> my wife is not. No, but none of my other friends' wives are okay with them playing golf that much. So good on you, Coop. You know, yes, you're a legend. You're a pioneer in the in rock and roll but wow man you totally scored when you met cheryl she's uh <laughs> she's amazing yeah it reminds me of a there's a scene in a you know larry david's show curb your enthusiasm where you know he's trying to go out and play golf and his wife is just, you know he's he's trying to trying to get it done how about nine holes six holes she's like no you know so yeah to have to have somebody uh oddly enough her name was cheryl on the show too but anyway uh yeah and uh obviously the fact that, uh, you know, Cheryl, of course, you know, will play like the even as recent. I think the last tour I saw him on, I believe she was uh, she was out there again as the nurse, you know, who like strangles him at one oh, point. Yeah. And She's I great. love that. That's, uh, you know, I think for a, a lot of relationships, that might be uh, something that, uh, oh, you might want to talk about that in therapy. But it's almost like yeah, that's probably is their therapy. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I get to strangle him every night and then everything's fine. And, uh, yeah, you know, man. I know his daughter used to be out there on stage, too, Calico. And yeah. Uh, there was just it was like i shouldn't think that that's sweet but there's something so sweet about it you know oh, it so, listen man that was that was when i was in the band when i first joined the band calico was a part of the show and she had been for only about a year at that point so those were good times man and uh you know those alice cheryl callie the whole their whole family man they're they're family to us and uh, i just saw coop last month i flew to phoenix he had a charity event and he invited me out for that and it was awesome, man. And uh, he loves he loves talk yourself into anything. By the way, he's he's playing it on his radio show, so I'm extra appreciative well, for that. Uh, well, you can you can let him know you, that uh, that I said that uh, he should he should steal it at some point. But you know when you're done with it, you know, like right let, let you have right it for on. right now. Uh, well, so that's the video. That uh, it's a great way to kind of circle back. That that's the video that uh, people will be able to see tonight. 
Uh, and you know, most of the time by people see this, you just go to YouTube. It'll already be there by the time you hear it and, or see this. Uh, and you mentioned you've got some, uh, touring come up is the website is just Damon Johnson. I, I don't have it in front of me at the second. Yes. Yeah. Damonjohnson.com. So, that's yeah. Right. And uh, at Damon Johnson, the, uh, uh, just go to damonjohnson.com. They'll find all that. And there's uh, stuff planned a lot. You said a lot of uh, festivals, which uh, that's fun. I mean, you know, you're t- kind of talking about just having some great music and you know, the, the idea behind that song can't clap any louder. You feel like these crowds probably can't clap louder than they will right now. Just yeah, it's, man. you know, look, it's, it's practically it's summer for all intents and purposes. There's going to be shows again. And after like last summer where, legitimately I, I don't i you know i don't mean anything uh derogatory most of us were scared to go to the beach last summer you know and now it's like yeah you go to a concert you know Let's uh, go. It, it's so great and uh, i love that uh you guys are really focused on the album you know and you didn't just put it out in february and you know move on to uh anything else and you know uh just the final thing you know you referenced that uh, you're still working with uh, thin lizzy but i i know that that probably involves a lot of you know, coordination and international travel. So I, I feel like that's probably backburnered while you focus on uh, the get ready, right? Yeah, it is. Um, but I have talked to all the guys and there's some, some very focused uh, energy going into a run in 2022 that would definitely involve some dates in North America, like a lot of dates. We would be part of the package. So um, really hope that happens, man, just because I love, I love those guys and, you know, we talked about it last time, Christian. Then Lizzie changed my life when I was a kid. And, you know, it's incredible that I would grow up and become a professional and uh, and actually be a part of the band at some point. So it's uh, uh, things are looking good, man. And, you know, I can't thank you enough for having me on again today and, and talking about all this stuff. And uh, uh, it's awesome, man. You've mentioned the website four times. I love you for that. <laughs> Uh, if I if I was smart, I would have put it. Yeah, you know, we have this uh, for those that are watching on YouTube. We have this black bar underneath us. What, why didn't I just put it there the whole time? I'm sorry about that. Now, yes, all right. <laughs> but you know, for the people that are listening, they they got it in there. Uh, and uh, yeah, always happy to uh, talk. I'm always happy when you know when publicists send me new songs to listen to. I'm always like, great. Oh, hey, this is Damon again. Great, this is perfect. So very excited uh, to awesome. uh, hear more and hopefully. Hopefully there are uh, some shows coming up somewhere out this way, but uh, you know, California, they say it's fully open, but uh, nobody really has any concerts here until like September, October. You I know, can't so. wait, brother. I cannot <laughs> wait to get to California. I cannot wait. Cannot yeah, wait. it's all right Same because well. you know, summer lasts until early December here. So we'll be yeah, fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. Well, Damon Johnson, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, Damon Johnson, get ready. Uh, Battle Lessons is the album and uh, just go to the uh, YouTube channel to find the new video. Thanks again to Damon Johnson and also huge thanks to Kelly Keegi. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Keep in touch with the show by following me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. Like the Blackcast on Facebook. Follow at Blackcast on Twitter and please subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube channel. You'll get video versions of content like both of the interviews that you just heard. They're both there on the YouTube channel. Come back tomorrow for two more great musician interviews. Jeff Pilson of Dokken, Lynch Mob, and End Machine. And also Andre Como, who in addition to being a musician, was a cast member on the very first season of The Real World on MTV. That's not this time. That'll be next time on the Blackcast. She was a victim, not a savior, a bad combination, the ecstasy and the risk.
Stay 